0: We're back here on this Halloween Thursday doing the Sure Thing. Sure Thing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Warren Shore here with Ryan Silver. Check us out Sunday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. on Talk Radio 1190. We'll preview the college football weekend this weekend. Not really a good slate of games, so that should be pretty quick. We'll take a look. Maybe more focused around the NFL because we could talk about the Cowboys game on Sunday night. And I do want to touch on the World Series Uh, at the end of the show like we've kind of been doing. Uh, Ryan the last couple of days because it's probably going to be played out by Sunday night so get it while it's hot Yep. Uh, as game seven happened last night and uh, we're <laughs> nuts about the Nats or at least I'm nuts about the Nats. Yep suck on these Nats. Whoa. <laughs> 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 <up there. laughs> these Nats. Um, yeah so uh, last week just a quick update uh, on the card I went 4-4 four and four. Uh, nice turnaround and uh, 30 we are 40 36-3 on the season NFL finally got some winners there 2-3 and three. Uh
1: still way below water, sixteen twenty three and one on the season. You uh were
0: we were about the same last week, I think.
1: Yeah, I went four and six in college. Um so I'm sitting at forty two, forty three and one, and uh so right under that five hundred mark in the NFL I went two and three and I'm at eighteen and twenty two in the NFL. So not no, great, no. but it could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah, you could be me. It could yeah, be exactly. worse. Uh, worse. <laughs> All right,
0: it could be worse. So the games this week, not good. So if you got something to do Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, go ahead and do it. You do have uh, o- uh, Florida, Georgia, which is exciting. Um, oh, that's one of the games I wanted to add. Um, uh, as This game I th- is pretty much for the SEC East title, how it's been the last couple of years. Don't really see another team faltering in the conference the rest of the way out. And I would say going in, both teams coming up a bye week, Florida – has looked the better team going into this game. Like, Georgia had a bad double overtime loss against South Carolina at home when they were on their third-string quarterback. LSU, or Florida went to LSU, played pretty tough with them the whole game, and then they had a nice win against South Carolina. Georgia fought it out in the rain and mud against uh, Kentucky at home and was kind of uninspiring. They really haven't played very good football, Georgia has. the Line six in this one, what's the total, like 48?
1: I believe so 47 and a half. I think is what I think I okay. saw that.
0: Um, and Trask, they've actually, um, uh, I, they have looked good with him as a quarterback. Like they've, to me, he's moved Dan Mullen's offense. We all know how I feel about Dan Mullen. Uh, so I think he's a better game manager right now than Kirby smart, but Kirby smarts had some tough ones. 44 and up. a half. The total. Okay. 44 and a half. Um, six seems like six actually six and a half seems like a lot of points to me in this game
1: yeah i would agree even for the frauds that um that are (laughs) florida so this is
0: their test in your mind right here
1: this is the show me game and they uh, lose
0: by like three are they still frauds or not do they have to win
1: they gotta win gotta win um but uh yeah no this is this is probably the marquee matchup of of the of the uh, weekend unfortunately um but yeah no you're right you're right the the quarterback that Florida has in has really been uh I think is really what who can be thanked for this team still being relevant in the SEC East and keeping the season going because if I think if Felipe Franks is back there taking snaps I think Florida's long been out of it and this game is just another long list of games that don't matter this weekend but um because they have uh they have this new guy in there it's been in there for for a few weeks now and it has the offense cooking Uh, That definitely helps them out. Georgia, like you said, really hasn't looked great. We all know what their rushing offense can do. Jake Fromm's the ultimate game manager. He's probably one of the most trustworthy quarterbacks to not turn over the ball in a big spot. But at the same time, too, I mean, college football we've seen is uh, not predicated, but a lot of it is big plays, you know, getting the big 40 or 50-yard bomb or even farther or, uh, you know, things like that. I mean, Georgia is um, very capable of busting off a 40 or 50-yard rush, uh, something like that. You know, they played Kentucky two weeks ago whenever it was. They won twenty-one-zero. I think they had nearly three hundred yards rushing on the ground. Again, they were playing that game in a monsoon, but they are still—they still have a very good rushing attack. So I think that's going to be the key to the game here. And you're going to need some big plays, I think, out of Fromm and out of the uh, Georgia offense if they do want to win this game in cover. Yeah, uh, Jesus, I have this on my cards.
0: Kind of figure out where I'm going there uh, later, but it—it it, also is. I mean, it's you could say it's like a quarter-final-ish type of game, or maybe a round yeah. of sixteen in the playoffs, because whoever wins is still going to be alive in the playoff. Because if they win the SEC, they're going to get in. So right. this is a you could say it's an elimination game, mm-hmm. which is which for this weekend is pretty good. that we don't have the other ranked matchup is SMU at Memphis game day in the house. Uh, Memphis is favored by six. Memphis which, is favored. Yeah, by six.
1: And the total seventy one and a oh, half. Oh wow! Yeah, I did not realize that. I saw that backwards because I saw it and I was like, "No." I was thinking it was SMU. Yeah, well,
0: Memphis favored by six. Late add to the card, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I think
1: you might know where I'm going.
0: Um, Tulsa or they? Memphis had a late, late winner last week uh, at Tulsa, dodging some bullets. Kind of a, a look ahead game. Their offense, the Memphis, both offenses are uh, pretty potent. Uh, after the Ole Miss debacle where they won fifteen nothing. The uh, the the Memphis offense has put up twenty eight or more, and they have, they lost to Temple. Other than that, in wins they put up thirty five or more. So they're scoring tons of points. We all we've talked about SMU a lot. Shane Bouchelle uh, and all their grad transfers um, over at uh, SMU that Sonny Dykes has brought in. So Brandy White, quarterback for Memphis. Good battle here with Shane Bouchelle. And uh, look, this is for a Cotton Bowl berth. SMU they went out. They're going to play in the Cotton Bowl, the group of six. Memphis also playing for that group of six bid.
1: So this is for the group of six, Bowl, and the Cotton Bowl on the line. Uh, could I dare say that Shane Buschel is the best college quarterback in Texas right now?
0: Uh, yeah, you could, no, you could
1: say that. I think I might. I think I said it last year, too. or When When was it? Two years ago. Was it last year? I, well, when you said he him or Ellinger. Liked him, yeah, I liked him better than Ellinger.
0: Yeah, but I think these. this system suits... Bouchelle way better than whatever the Texas whatever Texas system is running with Ellinger. Like Ellinger is really
1: good in that. Oh no, yeah, he is. And I'm 100 being sarcastic. Um, both Ellinger and Bouchelle, I think, are both very good quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so see, I was totally shocked. I thought Memphis was catching six. They are laying six, which is wild to me. So you're saying even if this game was here in Dallas, Memphis is still gonna be favored. So. You know, I look. We all know how I felt. How I felt about SMU since week one. Uh, You know, I've been tailing them quite a bit. Uh, I did skip a couple games, rightfully so. Both two games I I did uh, skip, they ended up not covering. But I think SMU wins this game outright and uh, continues rolling and makes their way back into the Cotton Bowl uh, in January. Uh, I think this is. I don't know. I think people are
0: underestimating. Uh, Memphis. I mean, I don't know. You can't underestimate you can't Memphis. They're, they're six, they're six favorite, six point favorites. And I mean, SMU probably should have lost to Tulsa. They had a good comeback there. I mean, they've dominated everyone except for pretty much Tulsa. And then Houston had last, like, had a last stand last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think they they handled Houston pretty well. I think that score didn't dictate how close that game was um but Houston uh, did have the ball with a chance to win the yeah, game no like, doubt, the no, last yeah no doubt yeah yeah you're right you're right but i mean as far, that that game could have got out of hand more so uh than it did or more so than it was obviously it didn't i don't know if that's more to say about Houston or less to say about SMU either way but i i still think that that score is an indicative of how that game went and i think SMU again wins this game outright um i'll go ahead and tease it not much of a teaser but it is on my card
0: yeah, lay that as we
1: got out here. I think Memphis wins, but it's close. Uh, this game's definitely not on so my. Does, so you think it's close? If you're going to put out a lean, does SMU cover? Or excuse me, does Memphis cover? Uh, no.
0: Okay. No, I don't think they do cover. Um, all right. Before we get to the picks, I want to ask your uh, take on the Heisman because a lot of talk this mm-hmm. week on the Heisman has been: Can Chase Young win it? Yeah. Uh, because the oh, the award is to the best college, most outstanding football player in college. In college, Right. Doesn't necessarily That's, have to be a quarterback. Right. But it's trying to do a quarterback or a running back if they're on a good team with no quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow's the favorite right now, but there's a lot
1: of buzz on Chase Young. So what are your what are your thoughts on, do you think he can win the Heisman? Sure he can. I don't think he will, uh, just because, like you said, it's trended into a being a quarterback or a uh, running back. I think you know it's 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 tough for it's tough for anybody outside of those positions to to uh, even be mentioned in the Heisman. I think I mean we had defensive player what a year or two ago. was who was who it? it Manti Teo? no well yeah I know he was and, uh, and Sue was in it I mean like we've we've had defensive players in it the last couple of years or excuse me not the last couple of years but but a handful of time I guess so you can say in the last decade so it's you know it's not out of the realm of possibility um but I just I, it's just it's it's tough I think you have to be a guy like Charles Woodson was where you're a, you're a guy making an impact on defense and a guy making an impact on special teams um in order to kind of get a leg up on on the offensive players, the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback touches the ball every single play. Um, if, like you say, if you're a good running back without a decent quarterback, you're touching the ball probably sixty to eighty percent of the time too. So it's, I mean, I, I, like I said, don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't think he finishes uh, in the top three. Maybe he finishes in the top three. I think he finishes in the top three. But uh, to win it all, I, w- I my money's still on Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe well, what Burrow, Burrow and loses to Bama, then my then I put my money on Justin Fields.
0: Oh, see, I think I think Chase Young would be the guy at Ohio State. Mm. Um, well, if if Burrow loses to Bama, then you got Tua, and then Tua could lose in the championship game, like he did last year, and play poorly. Right. The only thing I'm saying is it seems like there's a lot of buzz to get Fields in the Heisman. I mean, he's got 13 and a half sacks, and he's going to be playing against Penn State to get Chase Young in the Heisman. Or, yeah, Chase Young. Sorry, uh, he's got 13 and a half sacks. Then he plays Penn State the second and last week in the season. Mm -hmm. Then he faces Michigan the next week. And then someone in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, he could dominate the game. I know he doesn't get the ball every, but he could dominate
1: every single play on on defense. Yeah, no doubt. But see, I could name four guys that I might put ahead of him right now. Then they're all offensively. All, excuse me, all offensive players. Joe Burrows, Justin Fields, Tua, and Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. I know they lost. I know they got handled. They've lost twice now. They got manhandled. But what that guy means to that team and what he has, the numbers he's put up, not just this year. I know I know it's only for this year, uh, the Heisman voting, but just in his career at Wisconsin so far, a guy's absolutely torn it up. I might even put... Maybe him maybe him and Chase Young are right right at the, right there at the same level in my mind, uh, as far as Jonathan Taylor and Chase Young.
0: All right, that's fine. I was just curious if yeah. you thought I think if Chase Young keeps up this pace, I mean at four sacks last week, I don't think he's gonna keep that up every week. But if he keeps like And that's against a good offensive line too. Yes, Wisconsin. If he keeps up the domination, we're gonna see a groundswell, I think, to get to get him the Heisman. Um or get get him in the running because Herb Street and Joel Klatt this week both said that he's tied at the top of them. Okay. And there's a lot – I think it was Bruce Feldman. Bruce Feldman or Stuart Mandel, I can't remember which one, wrote the article about – they talked to a bunch of Heisman voters, and they he they still had Burrow number one, but the number two guy in their article, everyone had Chase Young second, which if there's a slight slip-up from Burrow or something, you you never know. This is when the season really gets cooking, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm just – I just think there might be – this could be depending how the season ends up, Chase Young and the Heisman. and seriously, you could have J.K. Dobbins is getting slept on for the Heisman too, like Jonathan Taylor, he ran all over he ran all over Wisconsin yeah. last week. Ohio State could have three Heisman candidates if you look at it there. All right, you could start with the card uh, this week as well.
1: All right, uh, so I got a game tonight. It kind of seems like this is a squares pick. Um, and that's fine. That's perfectly okay with me. I'm okay with being a square when it comes to things like this. It's one of those that you take out of principle. There are some stats to back it up. Baylor, West Virginia over fifty-seven and a half. Baylor averages right around thirty-nine points a game. West Virginia averages right around twenty-two, and Baylor is averaging giving up right around twenty. So I figure I think Baylor's going to outdo their usual production here. Probably put up anywhere from from that forty to forty-eight point range. Um, and so you know, if I can get eleven or twelve points from West Virginia, I think I should be good there. Oh, but we shall see. I like Buffalo plus one against Eastern Michigan. Um, I've been burned by Buffalo, I think, twice already this year. And I think I canceled them. Not officially on the show, but in my mind. But I'm going to go ahead and take them plus one today at, or excuse me, this weekend at uh, Eastern Michigan. I got a lot of lot of dogs. I start out with a lot of dogs. It's kind of even. Let's see. How many games do I have? One, two. I don't think I got double digits. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. Oh, yep, yep. Back in double digits. We got 11 um i got maryland plus 21 at michigan michigan came off a big win last week against uh notre dame but uh, even though they did blow notre dame out i don't see them blowing out maryland maryland actually can put up some points but i think they can cover the three touchdown spread i like virginia tech plus 17 and a half at notre dame uh notre dame needs to get right after that beatdown that they took for michigan last week but virginia tech's actually getting their starting quarterback uh back who went out against uh north carolina florida versus georgia Got this game on my car. didn't tease it earlier. Show me, Florida. Show me you're not frauds. I got you plus six and a half. So here we go. But you said they, they have to win, win outright. Right. Well, what does
0: it matter if they cover then?
1: Then I still just get a little notch in the little win column for your boy. But but to prove it to me, they got to win.
0: All right. Okay. I,
1: all right. But so I'm kind of like, you know, it's not yeah. it's not a full on hedge of myself, but also kind of. No, um, because it's a, I told you so. Oh, they're frauds, but they still covered in that. That's what it is. 100%, yeah. Uh, I like Florida State minus three against Miami. Um, another square pick. This line stinks, but uh, I'm going to take it anyway. K- Kansas State minus six at Kansas. Could be walking into a buzzsaw there, but I just don't see Kansas. I don't think I, – I mean, I think K-State can will – handle this. If they if they play anywhere near they, the way they did against OU, I think they blow out Kansas by at least 17. Uh, Utah Washington, I like over 47.5. I like Oregon minus 4 at USC. I like SMU plus 6 at Memphis. Shocker there. And then I like Hawaii minus 2 against Fresno. Alright, uh, I'm going to need a
0: Pen because I got two extra ones that I forgot uh, to do. But I
1: have a TCU plus three against Oklahoma State. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Are you giving out any leans, or are you just going full on? No, no, on? no, full on. Okay. Why? Yeah. Do you have any leans? No, no, no. But just because last time you were, uh, I think two it was last ago. week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. When see, I went two and like, nine, yeah. the leans
0: screwed me. And the first initial thoughts, my first one when I wrote them down, they were it was I should have stuck with it. We would have yep. had good there. Um, But TCU plus three. Oklahoma State's been favored, I think, the last six six, six their last six times they've been favored at home. They've only covered, like, once or twice. I like TCU. I like Navy. UConn over 55. That game's tomorrow. Like, Oregon State, plus five and a half against Arizona. Some, seems like uh, someone's running this two-quarterback system out there. You might know a little,
1: a little better than me. They just fired their defensive coordinator. It seems like things are in turmoil for the Wildcats. Yeah, it didn't take very long for that to happen. Um, yeah, they have, I mean... I you know what, like I have I won't go into it, but I don't hate the two quarterback system in college that what he's going with. Um, because both quarterbacks have a dynamic skill set. Khalil Tate with his legs and Gunnar Gunnell uh, has a big time arm. But yeah, the defense is terrible. Someone's decision making in game sometimes can be highly questionable. Um, shout out Dan Levitard. But uh, so yeah, things are getting really ugly really fast. Just hired the, just fired the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach. So
0: Things are great. All right, so I got Colorado plus six and a half against UCLA. UCLA's lost twice as a home favorite this year, so we'll hope it's a three or are they just cover. And Colorado's offense look pretty good against USC. I like Eastern Michigan minus one against Buffalo. I also like Florida plus six and a half against Georgia. Nebraska-Purdue over fifty-eight and a half. A lot of points in that one. I uh, Auburn has not Gus Malzahn at Auburn has never not covered against Ole Miss. Has never not covered. So he's covered, covered every, every game, time. yes. Okay. I, I made that tougher than it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I'm not taking the 19. I'm taking the over 52.5. All right. <laughs> um, and I got Kansas plus six. Okay. Um, which I told you I think I was leaning that way yeah. earlier. Uh, in the week in the NFL, uh, Cowboys coming off a bye week. I think it was a big mistake in trade for Jamal Adams. Seems like they they weren't willing to give up another first or a couple second-round picks. Uh, I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick where you're drafting at as good a safety as you are in Jamal Adams at 24 who's an All-Pro, so I think it's the same thing as Cooper. You mm-hmm. aren't going to get a good enough receiver wherever you're drafting as Amari Cooper, so just give up a, the first-rounders and uh, go for the stud, and you need safety help. We talked about it with Dalton on Sunday night show. You need safety help, and it was right there, and he was, he was ready to go.
1: Yeah, especially this team where they're at, you know, the Cowboys, meaning they are 100% in win-now mode. Um, so drafting a, a safety next year, you know, first round or something like that. That's not going to help you immediately the way Jamal Adams would have an immediate impact. I think he would, I think his impact on this defense would have been much like Amari Cooper's impact last year on the offense, where it just kind of would have rejuvenated them, would have gave them a little extra edge, um, somebody that you can trust back there in the secondary so that maybe, you know, maybe you get a couple coverage sacks uh, with him. I mean, I know he's not, you know, exactly playing man-to-man or, or, or always d up the n- number one receiver. But, I mean, he's a great guy uh, to have in the secondary, over the middle, covering center field, or have him up at the line and blitzing. I know... Uh Defensive coordinator out in uh, New York has not blitzing quite a bit. But still, I mean, it's just, it's just again, somebody that you – a piece that you could have added, a very valuable piece, a piece that the team needs right now. It's just wild to me that they wouldn't go out and get it because they seem like, as of late, you know, they're willing to take big risks for big rewards.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. So I was kind of surprised – uh, I was kind of surprised with it, but hey, that's what they did. I was surprised that he was on the block, and then the
1: fact that the, you know. Yeah, I think they were maybe just listening to calls, and then they were like, hey, maybe we get this. Yeah, I was surprised by that, Speaking too. of the Jets, how about the Giants going out and training for Leonard Williams? That's a wild move, too.
0: Yeah, but it sounded like Leonard Williams wasn't. Living up to whatever they were hoping for in the locker room, and was getting lazy and so, like it didn't seem like the Jets fans were like mad. When right? Williams yeah, was no, traded. for sure. But the
1: a team that like the Giants would make the move. They've for They've never traded. That was the first time they've ever traded together. Yeah, and
0: look, he's a young guy. He's in a contract year. you yeah. can you can pay him or get him as, as his option. I uh-huh. think that's a good move for the Giants. Always got a. They're gonna have a good defensive line. Adding to that uh, line, there. All right. Anything else on the NFL before we get? In? Into our picks. Well, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll preview the more Cowboys Giants on Sunday night. Yeah, because we've got the. We got, yeah. It's on Monday night. Um, but no. All right. Uh, the trade deadline was a total dud too. They were hyping this up like it was going to be <laughs> the NBA, MLB trade
1: deadline. Yeah. There was goose going on. There was nothing, no trades, uh, on that They All right, start us off with the NFL. I got the Jets minus three against Miami. I think this is a get right game for the Jets. Uh, I think Darnold finally has that big game that everyone's kind of been looking for since the Dallas game and since he uh proclaimed that he was seeing ghosts against the patriots which is a tough look um so i like the jets minus three very well could be a trap game um but once again we can all see that i'm not afraid of traps same thing goes here the packers minus three and a half i was shocked that this line was as low as it was against the chargers even though the packers are on the road um i'd put the packers as a touchdown favorite against the chargers the way the chargers are playing right now
0: that's what your model says touchdown favorite you're getting seven Say what? You're a computer model. You put the numbers in. Yeah. It spits out Packers minus seven, so this is a great number then. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, I like the Pats minus three. Again, very well could be a square pick, but, hey, I'm a square guy. Uh, I like Minnesota plus two and a half against Kansas City. I think that offense is rolling right now. Dalvin Cook really looks good. The Kansas City rush defense hasn't been great. Neither has their pass defense. Their their pass defense has been a little bit better than the rush defense. It's been rather average. But... um, I just, I can't trust Matt Moore back there. He did. He played well last week against uh, the Packers. I mean, I can't knock him there. But I just, just trusting a guy like that who was sitting on the couch, he was out of the league, and then got called up by Andy Reid to come be the backup. Um, I, I like Minnesota plus two and a half. And I like the Texans minus one against Jacksonville out in London early Sunday morning. All right. Well, I'll start. I like the Jags plus one. Okay. Uh, I just think. Loss of J.J. Watt. Their run defense is already pretty poor. We were on the opposite side of the Jacksonville game last week.
0: Yes, I thought the Jets. Yeah, They had a backdoor situation late, but it didn't
1: materialize.
0: And I, the, the Texans' defense is not very good right now. Trading to Javion Clowney looks like a mistake with only Whitney Merciless uh, <laughs> out there. I will take the bait tonight and take the 49ers minus 10. I also like the Arizona team total under 16 and a half. I don't see how – if the Cardinals scored nine against the Saints, 49ers' defense is way better than the Saints' defense. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know how they score uh, 16 or they score 17 in that one. Uh, I like the Titans plus three and a half. Uh, They are facing – who are the Titans facing? I can't remember. Um, Shoot, let me look. Hold on. I, I like them plus three and a half. They are facing... Oh, at Carolina. Yeah, that's right. Um, Tannehill's done something there. I'm also on the Vikings plus two and a half. And then finally, the Browns. Oh, I might need to change that. <laughs> and then finally, I'm on the Browns minus three. They're facing Brandon Allen. If they can't beat the Brandon Allen-led Broncos by three on the road, the season's done. Uh, he's thrown his... He's never thrown a pass in the NFL. He's six, and, six touchdowns, 11 interceptions in the preseason, and... Chris Harris was asked how he was. He goes, "I'm not going to judge him based how he played on the scout team." That's so, never good. That's not that good. is never good. Okay? So if they can't cover the 3 uh whatever, we'll get into it on Sunday night. But I've Browns minus 3. All right, wrap up here World Series. The Nats, love to see it. You do love to see it. Uh the arrogant Astros are go down and uh the Nats look they came back Again, late in the game, like they did in Game 6, like they did in Game 2, like they did in Game 5 of the NLDS, like they did in the wild card game, roll down the list of all the late comebacks they've had. And I want to start with uh, A.J. Hinch, because I thought he managed horribly last night, and not just the pulling Grinky when he did, but you got in the second inning, and were you watching... Were you watching early on? Yeah. Okay. Second inning. I'm surprised you didn't text me about this. When Chirinos, first and second, lays down the sack bunt. Oh, see, I missed that. Okay. Okay. He pops it up. And Chirinos has had two home runs this World Series. He's been swinging a hot bat. Drops down a sack bunt. The Astros had six sacrifice bunts all year. They never do it. Pops out. Don't get any runs in the inning. And it's just the Astros. Left a ton of opportunities on the board. Same thing like they did in game one. Scherzer, there was traffic on the pass all night. They had lost. They left ten on, I think, mm-hmm. with Scherzer. So credit to Scherzer with like a cortisone shot and a numb back for making the pitches. But I thought it was a whole night of just missed opportunities by the Astros. Oh yeah. And then when Hinch made the move to go to Will Harris, which I I don't hate going to Will Harris there because he is their best reliever. I think I would have stuck with Grinky to see what he would have done with Kendrick. And then brought Harrison. Um, but I mean that was a good pitch Harris made. Oh it yeah. was down and away, just get it off the pole, which is electric. There's nothing more than a playoff home run off the foul pole. That is that gets the juices flowing.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, um you're absolutely right about that. Uh not too had bats. one. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna that's what I was gonna mention. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I mean early on, uh Scherzer, he's kinda same thing. That home run against Yuri Guriel. Um, I mean, Ed, Yuri Guriel was out on his front foot, mm-hmm. just kind of flicked the bat out there you know, when you're st- big and strong as some of these guys and when the ball's coming in as hard as it is, sometimes it's all you need to get it out. I mean and I you think... got a cheap
0: left field over there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I think it only went like three hundred and sixty five feet, something like that, something uh, real short, exit velocity of like ninety six miles an hour, like I think Max Scherzer probably had most of the power there. Other thing about Gurriel, probably the worst hair in baseball.
0: Yeah, they call him Yoshi, the Yoshi top.
1: It is terrible.
0: He's a great hitter though. Oh, He's absolutely. so underrated. He yeah, is so he is. underrated.
1: He really is. Um, but I mean, yeah, AJ Hinch's decision there to go to uh to to go away from Granky after he gave up a hit and then um, you know, gives up a walk to lead-off guy. It's so a home run then walk. Or yeah, home run then walk. Um, you just got, you got to trust your guy. He's, he was dealing at that point. I think he was only like 70 or 80 pitches. Like 78. He, he, so he was right there. I mean, he was, he was dealing. And like you said, I don't hate the move going to Joe Harris either. Uh, and, uh, Will Harris, Will Harris. Sorry. Yeah. as soon as I said that, I was like, that's not right. It's uh, Joe Brooklyn. That's superstar. Yeah. <laughs> Three point shooter. Former cap. That's, that's just a strike of, <laughs> of, you know, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but, uh, and then you know there was the Garrett Cole. He was up. He was down. He was up. He was down. You know are you gonna go to him. You know you know uh, Will Harris. Again back to him. They rode him hard in the yeah. in the playoffs. I mean I think he had 12 or 13 appearances mm-hmm. in, the, in the playoffs. So again, yeah, you don't hate going to the guy because he's been so strong for you. But at the same time, at this point, I mean, dude's got to be close to being run down I know that kind of contradicts what I said last week or on Sunday show about guys being going on three days rest like you know it's time to go here you know what I mean that Patrick Corbin had three solid innings out of the bullpen for the Nationals he was ready to go things like that so you do have to question the uh the uh, managerial decisions but at the same time I think the Nats were just a team of destiny I got this stat here I don't know if you saw this tweet so Anthony Rendon's plate appearances in, yeah. in the seventh inning or seventh inning or later in the five elimination games that the Nationals faced this year, he had a walk, three doubles, three home runs.
0: I think it's the last one he made an out though. Right, but, but that was still, up until the one, the last one. Yeah, but it's, it's just like
1: it, unreal. Like talk about timely hitting, things like that. I mean, that's why I sent out a tweet yesterday. I said, "Who do you who do you give this MVP to?" I mean, obviously Juan Soto had some big hits and came up clutch. Rendon was right there. Strasburg had two amazing starts for him. I even threw Adam Eaton in there because he had some big hits he for them big. too. He, I mean, some just absolute beauts of bunts moving guys <laughs> over. I mean, some might say that the Nats aren't in this position without those bunts. <laughs> okay. I mean, some might okay. say that. I wouldn't argue with them if they did, but some might say that. And then, you know, he had a couple uh, just absolute missiles of home yeah. runs too. So, well, swing the bat, he's not sack bunting, he can hit those missiles. But, you know, sometimes you just got to <laughs> put the team before yourself and get those guys over. Uh, and then when, you know, when there's nobody on base you can swing away and, you know, just poke one over the fence.
0: See, I thought Strasburg was going to get it. Uh, so I wasn't
1: surprised by it just because I felt like he would
0: wa- they he was the most Dominant guy, oh, yeah. out there. Like, I mean, he was incredible when he when the Astros stopped finding out what pitches he was throwing. Uh, shocking there. Which is like credit to them for getting it. Um, but credit to him for the video him. guy. Yeah. It was the, video, oh, the guy. video guy, the video guy, the assistant video guy noticed it went down to the pitching coach. The pitching coach then told Strasburg about it. Oh. Um, he goes, "All right," and he said they said Strasburg doesn't like getting talked to during starts, but they're like, "It's game six. We got to tell him." Yeah. So yeah, that was that. But yeah, I could see Rendon. Rendon got off to a slow start in the mm. series. He really picked it up in. Five and six because he was swinging at the first pitch all series and it wasn't working out. The thing about Cole I want to talk about, I don't like, I don't think Kent should be getting raked for not bringing him in like after Grinky in the middle of an inning. Right. I, I am fine with that. Yeah. What he should have done when it was three to two brought him in instead of Osuna. Yeah. That's where I think he missed the. That's where I think he dropped the ball in the Cole situation. And Garrett Cole, that guy can't get out of the Astros fast enough. Right? Holy smokes! In his post game, the Astros p- spokesperson says he goes,
1: "Oh, I'm not a member of the. I'm a right.
0: representative myself. Yeah. I have never seen that." And then so he wore the fast. Scott
1: Boris logo hat instead of an Astros hat or any Astros memorabilia. I have never seen a guy in when they lose it. They're like, "All right, I'll talk about
0: free agent." He was. I'm not a member of this team. I liked my time here. I learned a lot about I mean, that guy is as good as gone.
1: Oh, yeah. I learned a lot about how to throw my pitches better with some pine tar on my fingers. Mokes. I'll see you guys in New York.
0: I don't think he's going there. He's going I there. think he's going to L.A.
1: Which one? Either. Hmm. That's where he's from. That's where he's from, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think either L.A. Little bitch boy. Got drafted by the Yankees the first round. Went to go play college ball instead. Well, he went to UCLA.
0: You can't complain. You guy's getting an education.
1: All right. What's that worth to him? I
0: don't know. He said he
1: went to UCLA. He pitched with Trevor Bauer. Developed a like great said, friendship there. Oh, and yeah, Adam Plutko. too. Two, real, two really, great, two great really friendships the there. Um, one last point. Do you have anything that's of super importance?
0: Oh no, I just. Uh, yeah, I was going to say something. I, people are calling this like the Nats like a miracle World Series win, and I, I don't think it's like a miracle they won the World Series since yes they started out nineteen and thirty one, but since then. They had going into the World Series these same record. They were like eighty-one and Mm forty, this, and the Astros were eighty and Mm forty. They had the same record as the Astros, Dodgers, um, and then the Nats all were eighty and forty going into the Championship Series. So this wasn't some like, wow, they caught it hot late. Yes, they were extremely hot late. They were eighteen and two before they lost three in a row at home. So they were hot, but they've also been playing really good baseball since June. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was really like this. It's a miracle these Nationals have won the World Series. They have two of the best pitchers in the game. They signed a guy for $145 million, another starting pitcher, that they used as a Swiss Army Knife in the playoffs. And they got MVP candidate in Rendon, young superstar in Soto. Trey Turner, when he got healthy, he's really, really Really good. good. Sets the table. People don't understand how good he is. Howie Kendrick was great. As Dribble Cabrera this year, drove in 91 runs between the Rangers and Nats, which is incredible. Like they were a really good team, so saying like it's a miracle, I feel like that's a disservice to the Nationals and how good that team really is.
1: Yeah, I think miracle is kind of a an overstatement, but I mean the fact that they f- were facing five elimination games and they were yeah. down late in all five, I think that's. Not miraculous, but no, very yes. impressive. Oh, totally, totally. And I would take that over the 19 and 31 start. The five facing five elimination games and coming out on top in all five of them. I think that's more impressive than the starting as 19, you know, starting out 1931. That's why the baseball season is six months long. And
0: Turner was hurt during yeah. the first two months of the season, so they they were they were hurt.
1: Go back and look at some of those lineups. Half those guys aren't even on the team right yeah. now. So yeah, what was your uh, point? You were going to say uh, just something kind of dumb. Just for, you know, being an Arizona guy, how many. Guys on the team, on both teams, are former Diamondbacks. Obviously, AJ Hinch, former uh, uh, manager for the Diamondbacks. The Astros have a lot of guys behind the scenes that used to be Diamondbacks. It's just crazy to me because you got like Corbin, you have Eaton, Scherzer, um, a couple, just a, a bunch of guys all over the, the the field on both sides that were former Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks came and like sniffed the playoffs. Well, how about the Tigers' rotation? Yeah, that's Anibal true. Annabelle
0: Sanchez, Scherzer, Verlander, and uh, I think I am missing one more. Um, no, I think that was the only was thing. Was that it? Was yeah. that three? Um, I mean, there were four former Indians on the team Brantley, as Drew Bull, Jan Gomes, and Joe Smith. Yeah, so I mean, you could do this for every team, but yes, the Diamondbacks. But it, it it's just
1: like, I, you know, how they have that six degrees of separation. Yeah, 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 I think you could do that with the Diamondbacks with like really good players all over the league. I mean, you have your Trevor Bauer, your Didi Gregorius, yeah. you know, just guys like that. Um, But, it's, you know, just like I said, just being an Arizona yeah. guy... that but you don't like the Diamondbacks. I don't like the Diamondbacks. No, that's why I'm kind of like doing it like laughing and pointing oh, okay. my fingers at them. Um, It is a shame, though, that Michael Brantley made the last out, I will say.
0: That kind of disappointed me. I was hoping Bregman was going to make the last out.
1: Yeah, you but know Michael But Br- Michael Brantley... I think if the Astros win, I think he's in the running for MVP. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think Cole would have got it. Yeah. Um,
0: But... Yeah, I was disappointed that Brantley had to lose another game seven. Like, you never want to lose. He's lost two game sevens now in a three-year stretch. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. But, hey, you know what? Sometimes when you go to the 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 uh, non-morals of baseball, you got to deal with what happens. And yeah, you
1: play with a team like named the Indians. Like, how disrespectful is that? No, I'm talking organizational morals. <laughs> Same. Like the people working there. The Astros have no morals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Why are you
0: playing devil's advocate? You don't like the Astros, too. You should oh, be I on my Astros. side. You should be I'm on my side. I
1: just wanted to take a little dig at the Indians there, too.
0: First, first of all, we have morals. We took away Chief Wahoo this year. I thought we were going to win the World <laughs> Series but the Chief Wahoo curse going on. So you should, we should, you should be thanking us for taking away Chief Wahoo. All right, but that's going to do it for the short thing. Talk Radio 11 – or not on Talk Radio 1190. We'll be there on Sunday. From 7 to 8 p.m. I think we're going to have a guest there, Kurt Sampson, talk about his new book, Roaring Back, about Tiger Woods. So that should be uh, exciting as we got some downtime on this week's show, so we'll do that. Merrill Hodge next Thursday, right, Ryan? Yes, sir. All right, so he's back again. After Hopefully Donovan McNabb in a couple of weeks all as well. All right, all right, so we got that coming down the line. So check us out uh, on Sunday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Talk Radio 1190.